0: Welcome to First Love Podcast of the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, with Reverend Jonathan Warren and Chaplain Timothy McGee today presenting their sermon entitled, The Holy Spirit is Loose. After the sermon, stay tuned to enjoy the chancel choir singing,
1: Welcome to Our World. I want to give you a little backdrop before we start preaching. Dr. Timothy McGee, a chaplain at Illinois College. Most of you probably know him as Tim or as the dad of the rambunctious, fun-loving children who uh, kind of move back and forth during children's time. They're extra fun. And every other time. They're excited. They keep this place exciting, folks. But uh, we had had the presbytery um, here at our church on November 9th and it was a saturday they all gathered uh, if you don't know what the presbytery is you probably won't know it after i explain it still <laughs> but it's this area's uh kind of leadership it's all the pastors in this region in this north western central area so all the pre- if you see first presbyterian church in peoria or in uh even up to uh, uh Davenport type of areas, uh, and down uh, over to, uh, I didn't prepare this, sorry, y'all. If you see all these Presbyterian churches, we're connected, so the pastors and elders all come, and so we had the opportunity to share here in this place, and so I didn't just want to preach by myself, because that would be boring. So I talked to Tim, I said, what if we could preach together, kind of tag team approach, And so we had the sermon that we shared, and it was really good. But we didn't just want to share it with them, and you guys never hear it. So we decided to bring it here to you all today. So I invite Dr. Timothy forward.
2: Thanks, Jonathan. It's a real joy and privilege to preach this morning especially because I've actually stopped preaching at our weekly chapel service at Illinois College. Our service isn't even in the chapel anymore. It's in a student lounge. In fact, it's not even an explicitly Christian service, but an open gathering for people of any or no faith at all. For some, this might seem a little troubling, It might feel close to another abandonment of the tradition of our inherited faith. That's certainly how Peter's friends felt in Jerusalem. Peter went and ate at a Gentile home. He violated the God-inspired laws and codes that enabled Jews to preserve their identity through centuries of exile and foreign domination. So Peter knows he has some explaining to do and tells them a story. And I can't point to a dream from God directing my steps, but I want to highlight a few moments along my own journey. So in the May of 2017, I finished my PhD, which engaged Christian liberation theologies around issues of race and class, and I still needed a job. An Illinois College wanted a chaplain who could collaborate with their Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion And so it seemed like a good fit. So here I was coming to IC to draw folks into that social justice oriented Christian tradition. My very first sermon at chapel addressed gun violence and white supremacy. And I kept preaching every week, but noticed that the Midwestern politeness that brought people originally was fading and attendance was dwindling. And so I set a meeting with all the student leaders of the Christian religious organizations and in conversation it became clear they weren't interested in a Wednesday morning church service. So I decided maybe I'll try to introduce students to Quaker style meetings. It's a style that's participatory and egalitarian as anyone can offer a brief reflection. It also connects to silence and the trend on mindfulness and meditation. And Quakers also have a strong legacy of social justice and peace work. And so I figured maybe some of these points might connect to students. But it actually went further downhill from there. I discovered a low worse than no one showing up to your service. That's right, worse than zero. I had a service and only one person showed up. The president of the college, (laughs) President Farley. So yeah, my heart sank. I was hired to build our religious life programming and I killed chapel apparently (laughs) and the president was there to witness it. So she was very kind, very reassuring in our impromptu meeting at that chapel service but I realized once again, something needed to change. How do I engage students who are not really interested in religion or in social justice? That's the question I've been asking the past couple years and quite honestly continue to ask. But Peter's experience points me to a different question. You see, Peter wasn't trying to create some new exciting way to engage people. He was trying to respond faithfully to what God was already doing outside of him and against his own expectations. Peter had a dream repeated three times, just like he denied Jesus three times. Three times God told him, you can't divide the world between inside and outside, between the pure and proper on one side and the impure and improper on the other. God makes that call. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean, is what God tells Peter. And Peter knows the power of God, right? The power of God to raise Jesus from the dead, to forgive those, even those who denied him, to fill the disciples with the flames of the Holy Spirit. He knows that God is a living God, acting in strange, wild, counterintuitive ways. So when, when the Gentiles come to fetch him, he goes along. When he sees them filled with the Holy Spirit, just like the disciples were on Pentecost. He remarks, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Who was I that I could hinder God's work? Too often I'm tempted to think that my job is to create something for others. But a more helpful question might be, what is God already doing beyond me? How is God alive and at work in ways that require me to get out of the way. So I have a new chapel format, and people are continuing to show up for it, so that's good. Um, But I keep asking this question, reading this text. What might God already be doing beyond, and perhaps even against, my expectations? Because Peter's friends weren't wrong to want to hold on to God how God had formed them for centuries but they recognize something bigger this is God's work not ours and God can do new and unexpected and surprising things even things that break loose from our sense of tradition and our beloved proper order will we be open to these new things and praise God saying wow even in these unexpected ways, God is bringing new life to the world around us. So Pastor Jonathan is going to come up and talk a little bit more connecting this unpredictable work of the Spirit to our life as a congregation. Thank you, Tim.
1: Now it would be easy to say college ministry doesn't relate to us, right? So much different than our reality in the churches. But if that's what you're thinking, then you didn't hear what he said. I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish God came in one of those neat little packages with a bow on it. Sometimes I wish the Holy Spirit was more like a beautiful white dove. It certainly would be so much easier for us, wouldn't it? Too many times I've experienced God just like Peter did or like Tim has in his ministry. The Celtic Christians in the 6th century found a wild goose a more apt symbol for the Holy Spirit than the traditional white dove. One pastor writes this, Wild geese are, well, wild, that is untamed, uncontrolled, make a lot of noise and have a habit of biting those who try to contain or capture them. And that has been the Christian experience of the Holy Spirit for 2,000 years, Time and again, when theology and God have appeared to be firmly in the control of hierarchies and religious establishment, the Spirit of God has broken free and has often bitten those who tried to prevent it from happening. Many years ago in East Tennessee, my family decided to take a short drive. We needed to get out of the house, so we settled on a short trip and we figured we'd drive for about 30 minutes, get out, look at Norris Dam, the paved overlook. And drive back again before lunch. Now, as we left our neighborhood, I wondered if there was a more scenic way to get there than just the interstate. So we typed Norris Dam State Park into the GPS and started off. As we got closer, we started meandering through residential neighborhoods and we ended up driving down a steep mountain road and the pavement ended. Turn around, Siobhan cries out, this stupid GPS, it always does this, it takes us down the most obscure roads, I'm not going down this dirt road. In a reassuring voice, I told her, it might be obscure, but the GPS never gets us lost, we always get there. Siobhan pouted for a few minutes, and I have to admit, I was uh, a bit nervous as we kept driving. As we drove, we saw a stream running along the road. It was absolutely beautiful. We passed an unusual water tower, which my daughter Hannah thought was a lighthouse. We drove our sedan hesitatingly over this little stream in the road. And then we came to the end of the dirt road, the place where the pavement started again. And we realized we were just off the real road that we knew the thing we could see from this new vantage point was something we'd never seen before. It was a really beautiful old grist mill. It still worked, in fact. We happily piled out of the car to check it out. In fact, we never made it the dam overlook that day for where we arrived was so much better. Our destination ended up changing. This wild adventure took us to a new place. Now, we live in a time much like the early church, a time of great angst in the world. Our world is desperately searching for hope, searching for peace and joy and love. It's looking everywhere else than the church for answers, for the truth. And just like Peter in the early church, this can feel very unsettling for us. The GPS in this story is much like the Holy Spirit and our reaction might be turn around. This isn't the way. Often we like to tell God this wasn't what we signed up for. I don't know if I like this. We tell God But we also live in a time of great possibilities. The very things that the world is searching for is also what we light these candles for Advent for. Today we light for hope. The next weeks remind us the peace and joy and love that the Christ child brings. We must, like Peter and the apostles, recognize that something bigger is at work. It's God's work, not ours, and God can do new and unexpected things, even things that break loose from our sense of tradition, like Tim said, our proper order. Now, we might pout, we might be anxious, we might be afraid, but more importantly, like Peter and the apostles, we must look around and see what God's doing all around us. Peter's story tells us that God isn't neatly wrapped in a box, not in our work, not in our homes or our town, certainly not in our world. Now, Peter denied the living Christ at the end of his life, later saw Jesus defeat death. And I think that's when the Holy Spirit changed. From a beautiful white dove to a wild goose. And this untamed, uncontrolled wild goose of a Holy Spirit, it's loose in our world. It's pushing and prodding and biting us. It's asking us to look beyond those neat little boxes, beyond the walls of our churches, out into this world. Our destination has certainly changed. It's taking us to new and beautiful places. And the biggest question God asks of you is this. Are you ready for this adventure? For it's bound to be wild. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
3: your fingers and to
0: Thank you for listening to the First Love Podcast. For more information about the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, visit our webpage at www.firstpresjax.org. That's www.firstpresjax.org. Our email is office at dot org. The church phone is 217-245-4189. Street address is 870 West College. Children and adult Sunday school services are every Sunday from 9 to 9 45 a.m. Sunday church service starts at 10 a.m. We invite you to visit us whenever you're in the neighborhood.